The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist, and I'm here today with Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and our special guest, Diane Sterling. So welcome, everybody, to our Friday show, and we'll get to talk with Diane in just a moment. Um, And for those of you who joined us on the show last week, we're wondering if anyone took the Academy Awards Challenge. So if you remember what that is or if you forgot, or maybe if you weren't on the show, that Academy Awards Challenge is an approach to improving your thoughts. And what we learned is that we have thousands of thoughts every single day. And what about your thoughts right now? What are you thinking? You might be thinking many different negative thoughts, and most people have about 80% negative thoughts. And do you pay attention to your thoughts throughout this week? So if you did pay attention to those thoughts this week, what were you noticing? Were you noticing, I don't want to talk about those thoughts, or I don't like this topic, or this all sounds really boring, or maybe you've thought, I haven't noticed anything different about them, or maybe you think, this couldn't make a difference in my health, or maybe you thought, well, last week I tried this, And I didn't notice any difference at all. Yeah, we're wondering who is thinking these sorts of thoughts. So, Diane, are you on? Yes, I am. Yeah, were you, do you ever think thoughts like that? Like the, kind of like these negative things like, well, I don't really like this topic or, you know, this seems kind of boring. Do you ever think stuff like that? (laughs) We'll just push you right on the spot. Yes, I do think like that. Well, well, you're not alone. And, you know, I find myself thinking that too. And what's so odd about it is I think that these thoughts just fly through our heads and they just, they're in there most of the time. And we don't really even notice that we're thinking those because it seems so normal. And so something that we found is that the first step is that people have to start realizing that they're actually thinking those. So at least for myself, I go, I stop in the day and just go, well, what am I thinking? And, it, and then it's usually something like that. Like, oh, this traffic is just too slow today. Or, oh, it feels a little bit hot to me. Or things like that that aren't like super duper negative. But, you know, they certainly aren't these really wonderful positive thoughts. And they happen just automatically for people. And they, they really happen all day. And these thoughts, they just fly on by. And so you go, well, what difference does any of that make? And the problem is that 
the negative thoughts affect your entire physiology and they change your biochemistry. And that's what we talk about on this radio show is how can we have better health? And most of the time we spend talking about what people eat and we spend a little bit of time talking about exercise, but overwhelmingly about it's about what people eat. But really the truth is that the thoughts that you have in your head are actually even more effective in changing your biochemistry than the foods that you're eating. And so we didn't want to just leave this out and never ever address the thoughts. So that's what we started last week with this fun little game, the Academy Awards. And not only do these thoughts change your biochemistry, they change your gut bacteria as well. So your gut bacteria can actually hear what you're thinking. What do you think of that? And, uh, the, and then they actually change what they're doing. And the gut bacteria are so important because the good ones, they make those neurotransmitters for us that make us feel good. And so it kind of is a circular pattern if you have negative thoughts. It actually hurts your good gut bacteria and you produce less of the neurotransmitters that make you feel good. So if you can imagine, if we really start to change our thoughts and think more positive, then that changes our gut bacteria and it actually can help them to produce more neurotransmitters that make us feel good. And then we get a circular um, circular pattern forming that would be positive for us and for our health. So just think about what an amazing impact that you could have on your health if you turn that around and start having more positive thoughts than the negative ones. So, Jimmy. <clears throat> yes. So if you're negative then that also kind of steer you from eating correctly or you grab the wrong thing because you're down? Yeah, absolutely. You-, you know, and have you ever experienced that? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, give us an example. Oh, maybe I've had a disagreement with someone or, and I'm really frustrated and can't get past it. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking you know, negative about the whole situation, then I'm looking in the refrigerator like, (laughs) what can I find to eat? And it's nothing but green vegetables. So then I look in the pantry. I'm looking for (laughs) something to crunch or something sweet. Uh Uh-huh. And then do you ever find anything? Sometimes I do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just not one little item. You end up, before you know it, you ate the whole bag. And then you realize you feel bad internally you feel bad mentally so you got to find a way out of that mm-hmm. yeah that's such a good point that you bring up and that's really a cycle that I think a lot of the listeners can relate to having it wouldn't be something that just one person is experiencing this is very very common so absolutely and so we think that in of waiting for positive thoughts to just float in around us, that instead we can put some effort on seeking out positive thoughts. And that's a big difference. Again, if you seek out something versus just wait for it to happen. Because really, if we just wait for positive things to float our way, even though there are going to be a lot of positive things, just the way our brain is wired, we're going to miss that. And so instead, let's turn that inside out and actually seek out or put energy out there to find something positive in our world and in our lives. And so 
we suggest that people start by having an intention to find positivity all around you. And you actually, it's kind of like having feelers out there. You look for it. Um, And this would be as if you were looking to give out awards because people that are going to give out an award, imagine if you were going to be a judge in something, you're going to actually really look carefully to see what was happening. You're not just going to let something happen in front of you. There's some effort that you have to put out. And the the Academy Awards game is really easy to misunderstand. And um, for instance, we've been talking about this Academy Awards game all week at the studio in various classes. And I've noticed from speaking to people that it's really easy to misinterpret what this is. For instance, I've heard people say that they think it's looking out for talented people. Like they said, oh, I went to this show and I'm going to give the Academy Award to this one person because they sang really well. So it's it's not actually a Academy Award. So mm-hmm. it's not actually that we're looking for performers um, and trying to find people who are performing or people that are talented. It's That's not really what it is. You're not looking for performers. You're looking for something in your life that's positive and you're looking for goodness and you put out your antennas. So it could be as simple as looking for and seeing and noticing the amazing way that the butterflies and the bees flutter around your plants. Say you're out gardening and you see that or you see that the soil is full of all of these great worms and you see just how wonderful that is and you take that in and notice it. Or it could be just being grateful that the roads and the highways, they allow us to transport ourselves around. Or maybe you really start to notice that the grocery store has longer hours allowing you to shop at convenient times. So that would be an easy one to misinterpret. You go instead go into the grocery store and think, oh, I never have time for things. Oh, I'm always late and all of these kinds of negative thoughts. Or you can say, wow, this is so great that the grocery store is open at 9 p.m. so I can get in here and do my shopping. Or maybe you really notice a wonderful smell of the fresh fruits and vegetables. And all of this is looking out, sending out your antenna to experience the goodness that the world has to offer. And knowing that this is such a critical factor in actually changing your biochemistry so that it supports your health. So we're going to suggest that we all go for it again this week. And don't worry at all if you revert back to negative thinking because it's just a fact of life that we're all going to have negative thoughts. So what you do is you just try it again. And knowing that what you're just working on doing is having more positive thoughts, that of course we still have the negative ones, but start to notice them. And the more that you practice, the more that it starts to become a habit for you. Yeah, absolutely. I did this this week and I've done this in other areas of my life or different times of my life. And I noticed the more I do it, the, the easier it gets. And then I don't even really feel like I'm seeking out positive thoughts anymore. I feel like it's more automatic. Mm-hmm. But, but would uh, reading motivational books help too? Of course. Yeah, and you do that a lot, don't you, Diane? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. And do you have those all around in your house, or how do you have that? Uh, I have them in my house, and if I'm going to go somewhere and I'm sitting for a while, I'll take a book with me. And then now I've started jotting things down and putting on my mirror in the bathroom. Okay, now, so that that sounds like really taking some good action. 
And I'm glad that you brought up about the motivational books because we all have choices of how we spend our so-called free time. And we could watch TV shows that have a lot of violence and negativity or maybe play computer games where you're blowing heads off of people and different objects or maybe reading books that just seem kind of trashy and don't really feel like they add to your life. Or you can choose to look at or watch or read things that that feed you and that they make you feel good and maybe they inspire you. So I'm glad that you brought that up. It's it's just a wonderful reminder that we really have a lot of choices as to what kind of things that we choose to do with our time. And speaking of these habits, of good habits, um, we're so glad that Diane is joining us today on the show. And Diane comes to the studio here, and she started coming to the studio in April of 2009. That's over four years ago. And when Diane first came to the studio, we had this program going, and it was called the 21-Day Study. And this is a program to help bring people to the studio who did not exercise at all and people who considered themselves completely out of shape. And those people enrolled into this program and then planned to take three classes a week for three weeks, which is actually very difficult to do when you, when you haven't been exercising. And Diana is still coming to the studio for the exercise classes, but along the way she started with the nutrition consultations, and that was in May of 2011. And she continues to do the weekly consultations. And she's attended the nutrition series here at the studio as well. And But what's so amazing about Diane is that when she started, she had a diagnosis of diabetes type 2 and lupus and autoimmune disease. And today, after losing 90 pounds and changing her, I'm going to say it again, today, after losing 90 90, 90 pounds, I didn't want to fly by that. I mean, 90 pounds and changing her lifestyle, her doctors removed both the lupus and the diabetes diagnoses from her chart. And so we really, we feel so honored and so lucky to have Diane on the show to share with us today her strategies and what she found that worked for her. And so, Diane, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. And we wanted to ask you about back in April of 2009, do you remember your first visit to the studio? I don't remember the exact visit, but I remember during that time, mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of skeptical because I had been to different other programs and nothing seemed to work and I was bored, but I was achy. And so I decided to come. I said, I'm not going to give them my money. Yeah, because do you want to share that your daughter encouraged you to come to the studio? Yes, my daughter, she was here visiting and she was saying, what's that piece of paper you're throwing away? You know, just all in my business. And so I said, oh, they want me to come to this studio and work out. She said, well, how much do you have to pay? I said, well, if if I go every time they want me to go, I'm nothing. What do you have to lose, mama? So I said, well, okay, I'll give it a try. She kept bugging me, and I want to know if you're going. So I came, and I'm looking, and it felt nice in here. Then I said, oh, a lot of them feel nice. And I didn't know how I was going to do it because I was stiff. My knees was hurting, and I said, they want me to get up and down off the floor. 
but I came. <laughs> and the first workout, I was, it was hard. But I said, it's not so bad. But every evening, I would go to my car. And my mom, you know, she had just passed. So she was, before she passed, she was exercising. And she would have her little bling on, as she said, her little gold and diamonds. And she just worked out. And I said, well, I'm going to work out in honor of her. So I started. And I, when I would leave, I would get in my car. I said, dog, I made it. Then I would cry. My legs was hurting. I said, I need a pain pill. I need a pain pill. Then all of a sudden, I said, well, no, let's just keep going and keep going. And I made it through the 21 days. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll go another month and let's try it out. So I kept going. And then all of a sudden, I realized the pain was coming from more so me not moving around versus the actual workout. So then I just said, I don't need pain pills. So I just kept attending and kept attending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about the other people in the classes? Anything about that, how they had an impact on you at all? Well, everyone, you know, the instructors were nice. And then they started remembering my name. And they would modify everything for me. And the people around me, you know, they really weren't noticing me when we were exercising, but, you know, they would speak. So the whole atmosphere was just great. So it kind of, and it felt like home, you know, it didn't feel like I was in some big class with a, you know, a bunch of people and no one noticed you, but everyone here just seemed to embrace me, whether they were an instructor or they were just working out themselves. Mm-hmm. And so what kept you coming back to the exercise? Was it because you started to feel better and your achiness was starting to go away? Well, you know, my doctors had said, well, are you working out? No. And so when I start, (laughs) they said, you need to start. And so then I started feeling better. You know, it's just the idea of me feeling more like I could stand up because I had told a girlfriend, I said, you know, if I had to really get a job standing all day, I couldn't make it. My knees and my feet hurt. And so then when I would leave the studio, I would still walk around and I just started feeling so much better till that kept me going. Yeah. You know, Diane, it's time for our break. This is so fascinating. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. If you have a call, call us at one 866 472 5792. We'll be back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Hello, welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy and Jeannie, along with our special guest, Diane. Welcome to the show, Diane. And before the break, hello, and we want to hear more about your story. Yeah, and so what we were talking about before is just Diane starting out her journey with exercising and knowing that this is so incredibly inspiring because, you know, when we talk about exercise, it's, you know, pretty easy for people who are already in shape to start exercising or people that don't have any pain, but people that have extra weight on their bodies or they have joint pain, it's just so difficult to start an exercise program. And that's what I find so fascinating about Diane's story is I, I always wonder, you know, you started in, and this was over four years ago, so almost four and a half years. And you go, you know, that's amazing to see somebody who starts in and moves through that joint pain. And, and she mentioned getting up and down off the floor. And Diane is much better now. She just pops up and down off the floor. But when she first came, it was very, very difficult to get up off the floor. And I, I think that it's absolutely inspiring and amazing when a person that has those difficulties decides to keep trying anyway. And that's why I'm so glad that we have Diane on here to share a story because there's so many other people that are just like you and they really need to hear your story and that it wasn't easy in the beginning but there were a number of factors that just kept you going and and eventually you started doing some sort of um, the nutrition consultations here in the studio and I'm wondering Diane how you decided to do that. Well, what happened, I was trying to do another program and then trying to exercise, plus working my regular, you know, job. Well, yeah, you own your own business. Right, I'm a daycare provider. And it's just not enough time in one day. And in my head, I was thinking, dog, it would be really nice if there was a program all in one building, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So when the nutrition program, program started I said like oh this will work let me try it what I have to lose I wanted it all in one place so I could it could make uh, life easier and I wouldn't have to lose a lot of time and running around everywhere and so when it started here I thought I would give it a try okay 
Okay, and then you were mentioning that you're a work in progress, which is really true that we know we know that we're just never finished with these things. And now you started the nutrition in about um, 2011, I think that it was, and yes. we're in 2013. And I'm remembering back that it wasn't instantaneous success for you. Do you remember that? Yes, I was frustrated because all the things that I thought was perfect for my body was not perfect. Uh-huh. And what do you mean by that? Okay. You know, I, I ate bananas. I ate oatmeal. There's a lot of things that I ate Well, I thought were healthy. But then I learned that, yes, they may be healthy for some people. But for me, I had to go a different route. So I had to get adjusted to knowing what I could eat. So I was frustrated. It it was I was really frustrated when I began. Mm-hmm. I remember back then about this issue with the bananas. Do you remember you? how yes. we suggested you because the bananas were your favorite and we suggested, well, Diane, how about if we take it down to a half a banana? And I remember you didn't like that idea at all. Well, what do you do with the other half? exactly exactly and then but you did it anyway I think that's what's so so important about this is that you really didn't like that idea and you thought that bananas and oatmeal were healthy foods and as you mentioned they are and they can be healthy foods but not for what you're trying to accomplish with yourself right and so you didn't like it at all when people suggested Diane how about let's back off on the b- bananas but what's so amazing is you d- you you did kind of grumble about it do you remember but you did it anyway yeah i grumbled and every time i went to the store i saw lucy on that banana my little face on there (laughs) yes so I you know I said what do I have to lose let's keep an open mind so it worked Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh so that's that's some of that positivity that we were talking about and you know we you had a combination of negative thinking about the grumbling and I don't want to do this and that's kind of normal and natural but it sounds like you really overcame that by saying you know what do I have to lose and why not because what I'm doing now doesn't seem to be working. Correct. Yeah. And now so that was the bananas and the oatmeal. What were some other challenges for you in the beginning? What about uh, planning? Was planning? planning? Planning is very hard. You know, I do daycare and working with the children and planning their meals. But by the time I'm finished with work, I'm looking like, what, what am I going to eat? So planning was very hard. So I had to try to put things in place that I could have a quick meal and be satisfied and not take up a lot of time in the kitchen because, you know, I felt like being in the kitchen all the time was something my mom did. You know, growing up, she cooked everything from scratch. Well, I don't want to spend all day in the kitchen, so I had to find a plan that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's, before we talk about what kind of plans and what you were doing, let's back up a bit because you have your own business, you're a daycare provider, which that's long hours, and that's being with little tiny kids all day. Um, infants and toddlers, is that right? Correct. Yeah. And so uh, how how is it that you manage staying on some sort of food program when, for yourself, 
when you've got these kids that it, people often think, well, kids, you know, they like to eat cookies and graham crackers and all these foods. H- how do you run your daycare with the kids and what they eat? Well, first is vegetables. Since Diane has to eat vegetables, they need vegetables too. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing we go with. And like what kind of vegetables do they eat? They eat broccoli, they eat cauliflower, they eat spinach, they eat tomatoes, cucumbers, carrots, uh, kale, whatever Diane eats vegetable-wise, they eat it. Okay, and tell us again what ages of these kids are eating these foods. Well, infants that start when they first uh, start eating food, Mm -hmm. I parade theirs and from infancy all the way up to four years, five years old. Okay. Okay, so this is important, I think, for um, if there are other daycare providers, but mainly parents, to hear that you can actually give kids vegetables and that wide array of vegetables that Diane was just talking about. Any parents out there, you might want to think, you know, that the young kids can actually eat those vegetables. And, Diane, do you have to force the kids to eat those? Well, what I do, I know which ones they like. So if I'm going to add on, maybe I'm going to add on a tomato. Well, I just put a little piece of tomato. And I had one child, he kind of tested everything. He threw it on the floor. He threw it in the ceiling. But after about maybe a week or two, he started putting it in his mouth. So now one of his favorite things is tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So you just have to, you know, be patient. You add it on. You don't just say, oh, you're going to eat all these tomatoes. You just add it on to whatever, and then it works itself out. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. Yeah. Now, what other kinds of foods do you give the kids? Oh, don't forget the avocado. And how does that work? Well, you know, babies like avocado. And as they get older, they continue to eat avocado. When I eat avocado, they're demanding. If, if I don't put it on their plate, then I have to share what I have. So avocado is served every day. <laughs> do you mix it with food or do they just eat it plain? They just eat it plain. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. if, we're, if, if they're having tacos, we'll throw it on the tacos. If they're having uh, beans, if they're having broccoli, it's always there, you know. And they like the idea of having it. The babies, the smaller, some of the small kids can pick it up with their fingers or parade or mash it up for the infants. Mm-hmm. And so, we, we eat, oh, go ahead. you know, chicken. You know, I bake chicken. And the ones who can grab a piece, they'll grab it. If not, I'll parade for the infants that are eating meat. We eat kiwan, we eat sweet potatoes, you know, buttered up squash. So they eat a variety of foods, fruits. And so mm-hmm. it sounds like they have butter. Oh, please. They love the butter and the coconut oil. Mm-hmm. So. And are they all fat? They're pleasingly plump. <laughs> mm-hmm. They, you know, they're like real babies. You know, they're n- they can move around and enjoy life, but yet and still you can see how their 
bodies are stimulated by the correct foods and fats, how inquisitive they are, their brain, they're just, you know, trying to problem solve or they're energetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does the day look like when the, the parents drop them off at the daycare in the morning and then they come in probably early in the morning? What, what do they eat first? Do they have a mid-morning snack? Well, most of my children tend to eat breakfast at home. So what I do, I serve them a snack in the morning. So usually we have like maybe eggs, grass-fed eggs, or what you call it, organic. I don't know mm-hmm. the difference between a free range. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they have the eggs and they maybe have sausage because that's what Diane has. And usually sometimes I'll give them fruit Or if I'm having vegetables, say I have broccoli or spinach on my plate, then they want the same thing so that we end up all eating the same. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. mid-morning? Yes. And then then how does their, does it do anything for their mood? The mood, they're great because if I give them like cereal, they tend, it tends to go up. And then all of a sudden they crash mm-hmm. and they're irritable. But when mm-hmm. I give them more uh, protein and vegetables, they seem to just stay mellow. Mm-hmm. So things mm-hmm. sound like they run pretty well there. Right. Mm-hmm. Now what happens when lunch comes around? Then what do they get? Okay, for lunch, it'll be a vegetable. It'll be another vegetable. We usually have two vegetables. And... Then they have their proteins such as chicken or fish uh, or beef, like ground beef. Maybe we make, you know, chili or something. And then they'll have a fruit. Sometimes they don't get around to the fruit and we have mm-hmm. to serve it for snack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we tend to have more of quinoa or brown rice versus anything else. Mm-hmm. And I can mix that if sometimes I make a quinoa salad where I use the avocado, the tomatoes, and Italian seasonings, and put them with a little olive oil and put that together and have the little quinoa salad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these kids have a little bit of a sophisticated taste. It sounds like you're not serving things like chicken strips and ketchup and french fries and pop and things like that. No, I don't serve ketchup because they, they like to double dip. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to stay away from things like that. And they seem to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are young children, but do they ever ask for things like that, like the chicken strips or graham crackers or anything like that? If I get older kids, they would ask for it, you know, if they're used to eating that way. But when I have the children that come in as an infant and keep growing with me, they don't ask for it. Mm-hmm. Whatever I serve, they're happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I, I'm um, way too old to be having babies, but if I was going to have a baby, I would want the baby to go to your daycare and get fed Thank all this you. wonderful food. It's, um, it's really great to hear of somebody who is running a daycare and um, being with kids this many hours in the day. 
and giving them healthy food like that. And really what it's based off of is what's, what you're eating, it sounds like. And you, you don't eat gluten and um, you eat mostly meat and vegetables and healthy oils. And so what you're having, the kids have. Well, I'm so glad that they're able to and they enjoy it, eat what I eat. Because years ago, I ate differently and with doing, working with children, you don't have a lot of time for yourself. So by them eating what I eat, it makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's go to our last break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk to you even more, Diane. We'll be back soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy and Jeannie and our special guest, Diane. Yes, and before the break, we were talking with Diane about that she eats the same food that the kids in the daycare eat. And um, Diane, when you were raising your kids, um, did you also eat the same foods as as your kids, or how did that go? Well, I ate the same foods my children ate, but I wanted to make a change, and they weren't having it. And it was very hard trying to make two meals. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it just is a lot of, one, it's probably, it's a lot of extra work. And then two, maybe I'm guessing it might possibly be tempting too, if you're trying to change your diet, but yet everybody else is eating whatever, pizza and all of this other stuff that you used to eat. So was that, um, did that hinder your moving ahead and make it more difficult or what was that like for you? It hindered me because eventually I just gave up. Uh, 
trying to make the two meals or get them to eat what I ate. They were always grumbling. And I started buying frozen meals, you know, that they say were great to eat. And that wasn't satisfying them. So I just eventually just gave up. Now, we've always ate a lot of fruits and vegetables. And I have one daughter, you know, she didn't particularly care for meat. And one daughter ate everything. So it was an odd balance. So I just Mm -hmm. let them go for it. And I ate whatever they ate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you started your nutrition changes, were they still in the house? Were you still making food for them? Oh, no. Thank goodness I wasn't. Okay. It was just me, so it made life a little bit easier. And, you know, when they come around, they either eat what I eat or they go and get their own meal. Mm-hmm. Now, you seem to have a lot of people in your life who... They just seem to be kind of magnetized to you and come up to you from out of nowhere and ask questions about what you're doing. Sometimes they're family people, and other times they're um, other times they're just some random people. And what do you tell those people when they want to know? Well, what is it that you're doing? Well, I tell them what I'm eating, and they don't think that's what I'm eating. Uh, I tell them about the exercise. So what, what, do you, what do you tell them when they say, well, what are you eating? They see you and they say, oh, my gosh, Diane, I can't even hardly recognize you. You've lost so much weight. What are you eating? Then what, what do you tell them that you're eating? Okay. They'll, some will ask me, well, what do you eat for breakfast? And I say it depends on the day, but usually I have eggs and sausage or eggs and bacon. You can't eat eggs and bacon. I said, even with a little butter on it. I said, butter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I tell them, that's what I'm eating. Or if I'm uh, eating lunch, they'll say, what are you going to have for lunch? Well, I'll bake a chicken and I'll have a broccoli and avocado. And they said, well, I thought avocado was fat. I said, it is. And they said, well, it's not good for you. That's why I eat a whole avocado. You can't eat a whole (laughs) avocado. That's a whole Diane can, you know. (laughs) And And they don't don't believe it. They don't. So do they just think that you're telling stories or they 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 just don't? They think I'm telling stories, but when they see me, they keep saying, you're still losing weight. You're still losing weight. You have so much energy. You know, look at your skin. And I try Uh to let them know this is what I'm eating. I said, well, you don't eat, you don't drink protein shakes? I said, yes, but I put almonds in it. I put coconut milk in it. I put uh, cauliflower, spinach, and I tell them everything, but they don't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pause for a second. We have a caller. A ca- Marcella is on the line. Oh. Hello. Hello, Hi. is this Marcella? Yes, it is. And um, I'm just listening to your fascinating oh, guest great. today. You know, and Marcella, you, Marcella, do you have some music on in the background? I do. Can you hear it? Yeah, go is ahead that, and turn it off, oh, down I'm a little sorry. bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What's your is question today? I was just doing a little dance. But um, I was just thinking about Diane. She's a daycare provider. 
what does she do when people, the kids, like it's their birthday and I'm sure their parents want to bring in cake and cupcakes. What does she do then? Do you want to answer that, Diane? It depends on the parent. You know, I try to convince parents, let's do a different, maybe a special project or let's have a fruit smoothie or, but you know, Birthdays and cakes go hand in hand, even from my own experience, because that's what my mom always believed in, having a cake for your birthday. So I just have to work it out with the parent. Each individual parent, we have to work it out and talk about it and come up with a decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so- that sounds good. So you offer other things <clears throat> instead of the cake and cupcakes? I offer other things, but, you know, with parents, you have to really work with them. Sometimes they'll want to do a gluten-free cupcake or something. Some of them don't mind you having a fruit smoothie. It just, each case is different. And Marcella, our caller, um, Marcella, do you have children? Is that why you're asking? Well, I have grandkids, and I know that I, um, you know, I don't... uh, particularly like cakes, but, you know, they, they want a cake, and I just, um, you know, I make it, and I know then I find myself eating a piece, too, which, you know, I really don't need it, but I just thought maybe Diane would have, you know, I could offer maybe fruit or something or well, you watermelon, can, so that, that's you can very, plan, very... You can plan a special, you know, meal. I know growing up, my mom also planned, like, what is your favorite meal? You can make that choice. Or there's so many different creative things you can do with fruit, so that may work. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for those ideas. Yeah, and another idea could be, um, we bring this up a lot, the recipes on our blog, but we have a chocolate cake recipe on there. So you could actually make that chocolate cake and then make coconut cream, like whipped cream out out of coconut, and that makes a really fun, fancy cake for people as well. And there, we also have a recipe for kefir ice cream that we found that we've, we've never found a child who doesn't like that. And that oh. would involve coconut kefir. Diane, have you ever made that? Yes. And I love it when you put the strawberries in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so those those would be some some ideas also when you have special celebrations. That's one of the reasons we really encourage people to look at these recipes and and actually make them because the holidays and birthdays they come around every couple months or every even couple of weeks and so you want to have these things on hand so you can have a celebratory meal or birthday celebration that includes adults and it includes young children and have food that's healthy for everybody um, and it also tastes good. And I think that a lot of parents and Diane, you as a daycare provider can probably testify to when you get all these kids together and then give them sugary cake and pop and candy that no one ends up having a good time at that party. I don't know if, have you ever experienced that, Diane? Oh, yes. I've experienced it at parties that I attend. I've experienced it with my own granddaughter. You Mm -hmm. know, they're, they're buzzing and jumping and all over the place. Then all of a sudden they crash every little detail. They're crying. Mm -hmm. So yes, 
with the mm-hmm. sugar, it tends to have them up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so while we w- might really think that kids prefer sugar and want to eat the sugary stuff, their bodies actually don't like it at all. And it doesn't seem to work out real well for them. Now, Diane, um, let's just get back to you again here and about your, you, you used to have diabetes and right. it sounds like you were never put on medication. Is that right? Oh, and Marcella, are you still on the line? Well, I'm just going to go to that blog okay. because my kids can yeah. have, my grandkids have ice cream and cake. Good. That's right. Okay, well, well thank you very much. Thank you thank so you. much for calling Bye-bye. in. Bye. All right, Diane, go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, were you, you weren't on medications, is that no, right? I was, I was never put on medication. I was diagnosed with it, and I've taken some of their classes, but my... Uh, physician wanted me to see what I could do for myself. Uh-huh. Okay. And then as it turns out, by changing your eating habits, your diabetes just disappeared. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. I so I was more shocked than anyone. <laughs> well, it seems like your doctors, they were kind of surprised. They were surprised. And uh-huh. I was surprised because I didn't think, you know, I always expected me to have diabetes because my, both my parents have it. And so when I found out I had it, it was no big surprise. And then when I attended some of the classes they put me through, you know, they weren't hopeful that I could not be a diabetic. They were just saying, eventually you will have to use insulin and so I just assumed that was the way it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't surprising. You just thought that it would be a downward spiral, that maybe you weren't on medications now, but as time passed, soon you're going to be on medications and things are just going to get worse. Is that that's what you were told? Right. Uh-huh. And then everyone I knew that's a diabetic, they weren't, they were still on medication. They weren't getting any better. So... I assumed that was the way my life would go. Mm-hmm. 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 And then I think I remember you telling me uh, a couple of years ago how you might have been with some of these people and gone out maybe to a restaurant or eating and that they thought, well, why don't you just go ahead and eat this food because you can just take insulin or take medications. Yes, I was never on insulin. So mm-hmm. when I would go out to eat, everybody would be eating chocolate cake, whatever we were, you know, eating. And then they would take their insulin. And I'm like, I don't have that. Now, what do I do? So I would have to not either not eat it or just take a little piece off of theirs because I knew my blood sugar would go up and I would get a headache. And I didn't understand the whole concept in the beginning. Mm hmm. So I'm just wondering, did it seem kind of like you were missing out, that if you only had insulin, then you could also eat all of these foods? Of course. Yeah, Yeah, because I wanted to enjoy the cake, you know, Mm -hmm. and still keep my blood sugar down. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand, and I didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. So, but now you understand that, is that right? Yes. It took me a while, but I'm there. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot of people coming up to you and asking for advice. What do you tell people when they don't know where to start and they say, I kind of want to be like you. You know, I, I, I have all of these different chronic diseases 
and but I don't even know where to start. What do you tell people? First, I tell them to call Jenny Schmidt. Oh, you! <laughs> but you give them. They ask you for advice. So what you? I know that you've told them things. I tell them that you know you have to start off believing in yourself. Then you have to take. Sometimes you have to take small steps. You can't just like leap into it. You have to. I tell them how to, the process of eating. You know, you have to give up maybe the cake or the cookies and just try with eating meat and vegetables and certain things you really have to see how it affects you. So if you're eating the cake and you're getting a headache or you have to keep taking this insulin, let's try eating the vegetables and the meat and see what happens then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what happens when you tell them that? Do, do you feel like they listen to you or what some, happens? Some people do listen. Some don't. Well, what am I going to do about the bread? I said, why don't you? I said, I like bread too. Why don't you try the quinoa? Or mm-hmm. why don't you try a potato? Potato has the starchy effect in it. Mm-hmm. And so- they, they think I'm joking, but then they said, but you lost the weight. I said, well, it's baby steps. It didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really, really good advice. Yes. Well, Diane, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, we thank really, you. Yes, we love to hear everything, and I think this was very helpful for listeners to hear as well. And thank you, everybody who's been listening to listen today. And, and we sure, have a new website. Yes, we have a new website. It's studiotimeout.com. So you can access the blog there and access lots of other information at that website. And when you read articles, you can just comment right on there and, and we'll respond to you. Well, thank you so much again. I'm Lucy, along with Jeannie and Diane, and that's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.